Welcome to season four of Tell Your Story. This season is all about that business. We want to talk to small business owners and entrepreneurs about how they got started and the ups and downs of owning a business. So take a listen. You might learn a few things. Enjoy. Welcome back, tellers. It's me, Keys, and this time we're still talking about business. Um, I hope you guys had a Merry Christmas and we had a little break there. But today I wanted to talk about these questions that I ask every person who owns their own business, but from a biblical perspective. I wanted to ask the Bible <laughs> these questions so that every person who's stepping out on faith to start their own business or who already has can have some kind of anchor scriptures to keep them steady and to keep them grounded as they take on this great feat of owning their own business. So the first question I usually usually ask everyone is, who are you? What's your name? Tell us about yourself. You know, where are you from? What's your family like? And to me, that speaks to identity, like who are you? First Peter 2 9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies, the wonderful deeds, and virtues and perfections of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. It's so good to have a scripture like that to have anchored in your life to remember who you are. Um, it's important when things get difficult or when you feel like you're not making a whole lot of money or you don't feel like you're successful. You can't have your life and your identity anchored in the business or what you're making or what you're not making. Uh, even in your family, your anchor, your life, your identity is in Christ. And this is who he says you are. If you're a believer, then you're chosen, you're royal, you're set apart, you're a special people that God loves. He's not looking down judging you. He loves you. If you believe in his son, then he sees you through the blood of Jesus and he loves you and has great plans for you. So that's important to have your identity anchored in him. There's another scripture over in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20. And it says, so we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making his appeal through us. We as Christ's representatives plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. So that's another part of who we are. It's not just that we receive all these things and we have this crown and this royalty and we're just adored and loved. But there, we take God takes it a step further and says, and you're also my ambassador. You're also my witness. You're also my representative in the earth. So whatever you do, whatever your business is, whatever you're selling, whatever you're doing with your time and with your life, you are a representative of Jesus Christ. And that cannot be uh, compartmentalized or tossed to the side or just like, okay, I'll pick that back up when I get back home. No, that has to be a part of your entire being in everything that you do. 
So the second question I ask is, you know, what is your business and where did it start? You know, when did you start this thing? And I love this scripture, okay, in Ephesians 2.10. It is one of my favorites. But it says, for we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. So think about that. You think about, well, when did I, when did my business start? Or you can point to a certain day or when, you know, you, you could be like, oh, well, 2020 happened and I lost my job and so I had to do something. But God arranged this for you way before that. <laughs> That's the cool part. It says that he prepared us for these good works beforehand, ahead of time. He pre-arranged it. And we're just taking the path that he has set before us. That is so cool. So you think about, well, when did this start? Well, to God, it started a long time ago. And we just kind of catch up to him. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Yet grace, God's undeserved favor, was given to each one of us in proportion to the measure of Christ's gift. Like Jesus descended from heaven and gave gifts to men. Like that was already a part of his plan. And like I said before, we just kind of catch up to him. So that's when it started. It started with your gift, your talent started with God a long time ago. And we're just getting in line with him, getting in alignment with his will. The next question I ask people is, did you leave a full-time job like to start your business or do you use your talent? And in Romans chapter 11, verse 29, it says here, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For he does not withdraw what he has given, nor does he change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. So you think about if you're, you know, working this nine to five job and you know there's something in you that God is calling you to do something else. Well, God doesn't change his mind. He doesn't say, oh, well, she's just going to retire from that job. She's going to work there 30 years. I guess I'll have somebody else do this. No, he doesn't change his mind. He doesn't take back the gift that he gave you. And he doesn't take back the call that he gave you. No matter what is going on in your life, God's plan will prevail. And so you don't have to necessarily leave your full-time job to be doing what God has called you to do. It may be, he may use your job as a part of your purpose. He may use your job to finance the call on your life. He may use your job to for you to gain skills that are necessary for you to step out on your own. So don't, let's not, you know, rag on regular quote unquote jobs and nine to fives because they're important. Um, and also in First Peter chapter 4 verse 10. 
it says that just as each one of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, employ it in serving one another as is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace. We need to be using the gifts that we have. Even if you are having to work a couple jobs or something to make ends meet, you're having to do something that has nothing to do with the business you want to start or with the talent that you have, you can still use that to serve. You know, that is such a great way to sow a seed. It's such a great way to gain experience, just to serve people with the talent and the gift and the thing that you know how to do, whether that's in your local church or um, just out of your house or amongst your friends. If you're good at knitting, you can just knit things and give them away to people just to show that you care about them or for their birthday or, you know, different things like that. You can be using these gifts to serve people now, even if you're not getting paid for it, if you don't have a title, if you don't have a website, that doesn't matter. You can still use the gifts that God has given you right now. Another question I ask is about finding clients. Like, how do you find clients when you have decided to step out and start this business? How do you get clients? And in Proverbs 18, 16, another one of my favorite scriptures, <laughs> it says that your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. That is just a fact. Your gift your talent, what God has put on the inside of you, it will make room for you in different spaces and different areas, maybe even that you've never been before. And your gift will bring you before great people, people who need your services or people who can put you in, um, in contact with others that do. That's what your gift can do for you. So that's a way to even think about if you need clients, that's something that you can declare and something that you can pray. Like, Lord, I thank you that your word says that my gift will make room for me and bring me before great men. So I pray that you would do that now, you know. You can you can pray that if you're in need uh, for more clients. And then in Jeremiah 31, 3, it says, The Lord appeared to me from ages past saying, I have loved you. With an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness, I have drawn you and continued my faithfulness to you. Now, obviously, this is God talking to Jeremiah. But what a great example for us that you can draw people in with kindness and faithfulness and consistency. That, I mean, that's what just came out of this scripture. God said, loving kindness, faithfulness, and continuing that consistency. If you carry yourself like that, if you handle your business that way, you will draw people into you, into your business, because they go, they think, they know that they can trust you. Word of mouth is a powerful thing. Now, of course, it could go the other way, but if you're really handling your business correctly, they'll have nothing bad to say about you that's true, <laughs> you know? So that's just a great way, too, to find and keep clients is to draw people in by being kind, by being faithful, by being consistent. 
Um, another question I ask people who own, you know, their own business is how do you find help? You know, owning a business is difficult. It's a lot of work. For some people, it's a lot more work than a nine to five. So how do you find help? And in Psalm 121, verse two, it says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I think you start there and I'm not saying you don't need anybody. So you, all you have is the Lord, but that's the foundation is that knowing that God is your help because people come and go and there might be people when you first start out that are really excited about your business and want to help and want to do all the things. But then it's like, okay, grand opening is over and now we can go back to regular life and they forget about it, but you still have to be there <laughs> working and grinding and making things happen. So it's important to know at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day and in the middle, God is your help and he never leaves and he doesn't lose energy. He doesn't lose momentum. He doesn't lose enthusiasm. He made heaven and earth so he's able to do all things. Uh, but of course, following on the heels of that, Matthew 7, 7. Like, yeah, God is your help and you need him, but you can ask God to send you help. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. It's important to ask for help. I, you know, with me, with raising three kids by myself, it's like, I don't want to ask for help because in the past I have and it's not always received well and then you don't want people pitying you or judging you and all of that. So sometimes like I do the absolute most that I can do all by myself until I just can't take it anymore and I have to, <laughs> I have to get help. And it's like that's the worst way to do a thing. Like let people in. Let people help you. And you can break this thing up in a in a little bites and it doesn't have to be this overwhelming mountain where now you need to be rescued because you waited so late to ask for help. Like get an assistant if you can afford it. Get an intern if somebody's willing to work for free until you can pay them. You know, like ask for help. It is not a bad thing. It is not a weakness. Every human being needs help. None of us can do this on our own. Um, another question I ask is, who inspires you? You know, how do you find inspiration as a business owner? And in Hebrews 12, 2, it says, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of the faith. He was the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That uh, is so much in that, obviously. But first it talks about looking away from all that will distract us. <laughs> like if you want inspiration in what you're doing, you, you can't be distracted by comparison. You have to look away from all that stuff. And I love how this, this is the amplified version version of the Bible that I've been reading. But I love how it says to focus our eyes on Jesus. He's the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity. Like, again, he's the foundation of this whole thing. 
So if you're looking for inspiration, there are great business owners around you. I'm sure that you can be inspired by, but they can't be your standard because, hey, they might do things that you can't do or that you shouldn't do because it's not going to work for you. So that's why you have to look to, to Jesus and the way he handled himself because his truths never change and never go out of style and they're for everyone but then he's the one who can help to bring you to maturity in the thing that you're doing and only he really knows like you just partnering with the holy spirit to know hey what things in this business do i need to grow in do i need to learn do i need to get better at no no other person is going to fully know that the way he does and he can help to bring you to maturity but then it talks about the joy set before him the joy set before him, he endured the cross because of us. We were the joy set before him. And I think about that, like if you want inspiration, just think about who's going to be helped and what's going to be on the other side of you saying yes to this thing. Of you saying, yes, I'm going to step out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to use my gifts and talents. I'm going to start this business. What's on the other side of that? How many people are going to be inspired by you? You know, as we are inspired by our Lord and Savior, and of course, saved by him. But just to think about your, how powerful it is for you to do what you're doing and stepping out to own this business. And that kind of goes along with this is not quitting. You know, how do you keep going? That's another question I ask is, what keeps you from quitting when things get hard? One of my, another one of my favorite scriptures is in Hebrews chapter 10. Starting in verse 35, it says, Do not, therefore, fling away your fearless confidence, for it has a glorious and great reward. So that's like one thing. Don't throw away your confidence. Because you will be rewarded for being confident and keeping going and not giving in to fear. Then it says, for you have need of patient endurance. That's how you don't give up. You have to endure through the difficult times. You have to persevere under difficult circumstances without compromising. So that when you've carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. You will be rewarded if you don't quit, if you don't give up. For in yet a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he draws back, my soul has no delight in him. In that wild, it says that if you shrink back, God has no pleasure in you. Because in Hebrews, it also says that um, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So us keeping the faith and going forward and moving forward and not drawing back and not shrinking back and not quitting and not giving in to fear and not giving in to what we see or our circumstances, that's important to God. Because He, we need to have faith. So even in yourself and what you're doing, you have to have faith in order to keep going. And I love verse 39. It says, But our way is not that of those who shrink back to destruction, but we are of those who believe 
relying on God through faith in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and by this confident faith, preserve the soul. We're not of those who shrink back. We go forward. We believe. We fight the good fight of the faith. And then a question I ask also is, what's real success? Like, what does success look like to you? Uh, because, you know, it could be different for people anyway, depending on where they're starting from or what their market is or what it is that they do. Success could look different for a lot of people. But even beyond that, beyond the material thing, success could be different, you know, internally, depending on what you're inspired by and what is really important to you. But in Luke 10, 20, this, after uh, Jesus had sent the, his disciples out two by two to go heal the sick and do different things, cast out demons, you know, go to different houses and do all this stuff. They came back, they were rejoicing. They were like, oh, we were just like you, Lord. We got to do all this stuff. And Jesus told them in Luke 10, 20, nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. So right there, Jesus is telling his disciples like, yeah, you can do all this stuff on earth and it's really cool. I know <laughs> it's really cool, but the real success What you really should rejoice in and be proud of and be happy about is the fact that your name is written in heaven. You know, that you you have a life beyond this life. We are to be pitied if all we have to hope for is here. So when you think about what what is true success, it's never going to be anything material. Uh, I remember... Um, I'm a Packers fan and, uh, I watched as, uh, the Packers back in 2011 won the Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers is up there holding the, the trophy. He was so excited, but I had seen in a, an interview with him after the fact, I might've talked about this before where he said he, it was like, that was it. Like he was working so hard and striving so much for years you know, even being a backup quarterback and all this stuff to to get to the pinnacle of sports and he got it to the championship and he still, he felt empty inside. And that's what happens a lot. Like if your whole hope is in something material in this earth, it's going to disappoint you. And so that's why true success goes beyond anything that's here. Um, Proverbs 20 verse 7 said, the righteous man, who walks in integrity and lives life in accord with his godly beliefs, how blessed, happy, and spiritually secure are his children after him who have his example to follow. Whoa, that's success. <laughs> that, that's success right there because it's like, yes, you, you've done this, and maybe you made a little money or whatever, or maybe you were able to put something away for your kids, But the legacy of integrity and not being a hypocrite in what you believe, that your lifestyle matches what you say you believe, that's huge, especially in this world today where so many people are being exposed because they're living double lives. So if you can live a life in front of your children who see you every day and know, 
and even in front of your clients or the people around you that this person is who they are um, no matter where they are that they live the word out and not that you're going to be perfect in it because gosh I I, I know like (laughs) Jesus was the only one who was perfect at doing this but even in those moments where you miss it to be able to say I'm sorry I missed it I messed up and apologize and you keep moving forward living a life of integrity to me that's true success that's one of those intangibles you know that no you, you can't put a price on that and then what about this question what were you not ready for in starting a business that can kind of be a fear for people in stepping out like you don't know what you don't know and and you have no idea what it is that you don't know. <laughs> I know it sounds like I said the same thing twice. But if you don't know something, you just don't know it. But then there's stuff that you don't know and you don't even know what that is. <laughs> you don't even know what you need to know. But in James 1 verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he is to ask God who gives generously without finding fault. The cool thing about this scripture is it's like different points. So you lack wisdom. You have no idea what you don't know. You can ask God. That's number one. The second thing, it says that he will give it generously. So he'll just continue to heap wisdom on you. If you ask for it, he'll give you a lot of wisdom. Not just, oh, I'll just give you a little snippet. You know how some people you want to go to them and ask them for advice and they don't want to or give you all the tricks of the trade because they're trying to protect their position. But God's not like that. He doesn't need to protect anything. He owns the universe. So he will give you wisdom generously as much as you ask for it. But then it says he gives it without finding fault. That he's not looking at your life and going, mm, you don't deserve to have this wisdom. Or you didn't listen to me the last time I gave you some wisdom. He doesn't do that. He will give it if you come to him and ask. He'll give it. If you come back and ask again, even if you didn't take the last advice, he'll still give it. He gives generously without finding fault. So that's just so reassuring in this like, hey, I might not be ready for this thing that's coming up on me and trying to do this business, but I can ask God for wisdom and he'll give it. And we don't know how he'll give it. He can give that wisdom through a person. You know, but he still will give wisdom. And of course, Proverbs 3, 5, that that um, that we are to not lean on our own understanding. And that's important for us to trust God and not think that we know it all. Because we might have some, you know, some experience in a certain area. Maybe we, in generations, we've all been doing this. We've all been doing hair for 30 years in the family. But there still could be things that you don't know. And hey, people change, times change, practices change. So it's still good to know that I'm not going to lean on what I know. I'm still going to seek God. I'm still going to ask Him. I'm still going to get help. And then the last question is what problem do you solve what does your business solve in the earth and it made me think of genesis of adam and eve in genesis god did something very special 
with both of them. So with Adam, it says in Genesis 2.19 that God made the animals and then he gave the animals to the man to name them. And it said whatever Adam named the animals, that was their name. Now it's so interesting because this comes after Genesis chapter 1, obviously. (laughs) But it comes after God just spent all these days creating the heavens and the earth he's making the seas he's making the moon he's making the stars he's making birds he's making grass he's making all of this stuff he didn't need adam to name some animals like (laughs) he god said light be and there was light like he whatever he said whatever he spoke it existed it happened he did not need adam's help but god left something undone so he could partner with man to do it and that's what God is still doing today so it's important to to recognize that that God is leaving something in the earth undone just for you to do it and it's not outside of the realm of possibility for you you can do it that was something Adam could do He had a brain. He was made in the image of God. He had creativity like God did so he could come up with names for animals. So God is doing the same thing. When you think about your business, number one, that God is leaving something undone for you to do. He wants you to do it. He wants you to participate in it. And so it it makes no sense to compare yourself to other people and go, well, they're doing that. It doesn't matter. There's something in this earth that God is leaving just for you to complete. And then the other part of that is Eve. In uh in Genesis chapter 2 also right before that in verse 18, God said it's not good. There was no sin in the earth yet. They had not sinned. It wasn't a they, it was just Adam. No one had sinned yet. But still God said something wasn't good. There was the first problem. <laughs> In this perfect paradise, God said something's not good. It's not good that this man is by himself. I'm going to make him a helper suitable. And so he created woman. And just to see that a human being, a woman, but a human being was the answer to the first problem. And so even recognizing that your birth, your creation, you existing is the answer to a problem in the earth. And so to find that out of what that is, how exciting and how amazing. So just to recognize that whatever it is that your gifts are, your talents are, whatever it is that God has called you to do, you are the answer to a problem and God is leaving something undone that only you can do. So do it. (laughs) Get to work and do it. I know this is kind of long, but it's so fun to read the Bible. Thanks for listening, you guys. Until next time. Bye.